Welcome to Into the Fire. I'm Duncan. And I'm Kate. And we're here to talk about life. The good, the bad, and the ugly. So come join the conversation. Well, welcome back to Into the Fire. And we're continuing our women's series We um, are having so much good feedback and um, people saying how much the stories of different women that we've profiled has really touched them and and touched their hearts. And and today, I think you're going to be blessed. We've got Jackie Orsi with us. You are so welcome, Jackie. Thank you. Thank you so much. Oh, and Jackie, um, she's not native to America, just like we are not. And um, she's actually an immigrant to to the US and is part of Catch the Fire Raleigh here in in North Carolina. And um, she is originally from Brazil. So Yay. Jackie, yeah, we love Brazil. <laughs> we love the Brazilian fire of God. Yes. And, you know, um, I'm just itching for you to share your story with our listeners about, you know, the what the Holy Spirit's put in you and your journey. So Jackie, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yes. So I grew up in Brazil, um, a family that looks like many of the families where we have challenges and victories and um, knew the Lord when I was a early girl. But really, my story of uh, encounters with the Holy Spirit started when um, we ended up in Toronto Airport Christian Fellowship. And our church uh, heard about what was happening in in there in 98. Mm. Um, and then um, pastors went there, things started happening, they brought the revival down, and it became a path, really, mm. you know, a lot of going there and coming down of speakers and bringing that revelation of the love of the Father and the encounter with the Holy Spirit, you know, that was surrounding um, some years of my um, youth. So uh, amazing to connect and years later today to see where where we are and this connection is still strong yeah, yeah. and everything the Holy Spirit's doing. Oh, that that's so amazing. And I remember meeting you when we arrived in Toronto in year 2000. And you didn't really speak much English then. You no. were a young girl. Tell us how you ended up coming to Toronto. So in 98, I was part of the first leader school um, mm. I didn't speak English. My cousin went with me and he had to translate everything. Oh, yeah. But I received so much. Mm. That's what I love about the Holy Spirit. Yeah. There's no barriers. That's right. You know, I received. Something was um, imparted to me. And then I came back in 2000 um, to babysit and learn English in Canada. Mm. Yes. <laughs> So um, after that, I did the school of ministry and the connection with everyone became very strong. Oh, wow. And as I recall, I think you were helping John and Patricia Bootsman with their children. I did. They taught me English, you know, the little kids. Yes. So good. Amazing. They are a big part of my my story, you know, and knowing them and they are living here is just, you know, another connection. Yeah. But being part of um, the the church in 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 Toronto at that time, 
um, it really stirred a lot of um, shame. You know, I remember that I got a scholarship for the School of Ministry. And I spent all six months thinking I'm not worth it, Hmm. you know, to receive this. And I had had a hard time to embrace everything God was doing. Because in my life, um, the way I, you know, everything happened, I just had to earn. (laughs) You know, I had to earn everything in my life. So um, even as I was 18 at that time, I remember uh, being so out of place because someone gave something to me. And now I need to really perform well to be worth it of of this cost that someone is having for me. Oh, wow. (laughs) Yeah. And I think many of us struggle with receiving, Mm -hmm. you know, um, but you were in a place where you were totally reliant on those gifts and people opening up their hearts to you and their generosity. But how how did that impact you, though? Because it was very significant for you that time in your life. You were learning English. The Holy Spirit was ministering to your heart. You were encountering the Father. Yes, yes. How did you walk that through that journey of just embracing the gifts that were being given to you? Well, uh, I would love to say that the next year, I was completely changed and received everything, and that was not what happened. I went through a deep journey of many, many years, and I feel that in some areas, I'm still walking mm. because I think there are some things that are woven in your DNA yeah. and in in everything in your heart, right? So yeah. for the Lord to come and He goes through layers and he keeps showing his mercy and his truth and his love yeah. deeper, deeper, and deeper. Yeah. So I think that was the beginning, yeah. Kate, you know, yeah. of discovering uh, my worth in the Father yeah. and allowing him to shower me with goodness. Because this is the hard part. If I can't receive, I also have a lot of things in my heart that I just don't believe God will do for me. Mm. Right? Mm. Because nobody can be that good, (laughs) or um, at least it comes with a price. So uh, I think there are some things in our stories that uh, make it harder for us to receive from the Father. So that was the beginning of my walk with the Lord and learning to receive and to give. Yes, right. that's so good. And I think most of us are, are still yeah. on that journey. Yeah. You know, we've never met a father who is so loving and so kind. And and so often we, we actually don't know what to do with that amount of love. Mm-hmm. And, you know, God takes us on a journey where our heart begins to open to that love. Yeah. And he begins to rewrite our story and what we've known and our expectation of what will happen. But God was with you. His hand was on your life. And that was obviously a very defining time for you. Um, So much so that, you know, obviously, fast forward, here you are in the US. But do you think that time marked you in terms of a calling over your life? Oh, what what God was speaking to you? Maybe you could just elaborate Mm -hmm. for, for our listeners, you know, for those that are even like, how do I know that God is calling me? Mm. What is he calling me to do? 
Will he use the desires of my heart? All those big questions. Yes. And I think there is a difference. I always knew I I grew up in church. Mm-hmm. I had a relationship with God. I was his servant, you know, and I was a good one. <laughs> I did a lot for God and for people. But I think there is a difference be- between knowing your calling and actually being able to walk in it fully, yeah. right? Because if I don't embrace God's love and I don't walk the healing journey and allow the Lord to teach me some things, I still can know my calling. I still know what I can do for people and for the kingdom. But the outcome is is hard, it was always hard, Kate. Mm-hmm. I knew I was called. I knew my heart was from, you know, to the Lord. All my days was in church, doing things for people. Yeah. Um, but understanding that um, that was not enough for us to feel fulfilled, loved, and coming from a different pl- place, yes. you yes. know. So I think going to Toronto, understanding the love of the Father. It became, it really took a turn, I think, mm-hmm. in my calling because I start questioning things. Right. I start, uh, you know, not just following blindly in a sense, but okay, was, why am I doing what I'm doing? Yeah. Why, you know, and, and what, what's all this performance that people are saying? I mean, that's what I learned. This is what mm. God requires of mm-hmm. you, excellence, mm-hmm. right? Doing your all. And then I realize I come to the opposite spectrum yes. of, of that. And that is hard because it's like a baby. He doesn't know he has a voice. And then he discovers his voice, right? And becomes loud and confusing and disturbing. So I I went through all that season too of understanding and coming to the balance of of the Holy Spirit and my calling. Mm. So I don't know if that really answered your question, but I think it helped people to understand that... um, there is a there are times where the Lord plants in you a desire, you know, to see mm. the establishment of his kingdom. It doesn't matter if it is on the marketplace, if it is, you know, inside of a f- four walls of a church. I think there is um so much of us understanding today that God is using us to establish his kingdom everywhere we are. You know, and so that's true. that that's uh, important. But experiencing the love of the Father and understanding I am completely and totally accepted and loved, it just changes the consequences, you know, my actions. It changes how I do things and how I relate to people. So I think that was a big part of changing um, that journey of healing. Yeah, and changing the foundation. And like you say, it's like, you know, performance... And rest, they're like two continuums, <laughs> two extremes. And, you know, if we, we've been used to striving and trying to earn God's attention and love, then we have to come back into the arms of the Father. But, you know, maturity is where we know we're loved. Yeah. We don't have to stay all day in the arms of the Father. We can still then perform in his love, yes. which is a, a restful <laughs> love. And somehow we come back to balance in yeah. the middle and we we want to do things well, 
because we know we're loved. Mm -hmm. But we have that foundation of security and belonging where we know who we are in his love. And, you know, that's that's the journey we're all on, that we're we're trying to find that balance Mm -hmm. that how can we be sons and daughters who perform so well because we know we're loved and we're motivated yes, by his love. Yes. So fasting forward a little bit, I got married to Marcelo. I came mm-hmm. back from Toronto. I met him. He was just joining the church. Um, and then we got married. Four months later, we were here in U.S., in North Carolina, Hendersonville, being trained with Restoring the Foundations. Oh, yeah. So we were four months married. Uh, I need to be honest, I didn't know what we were going into. I know they needed, they wanted to train a couple that both would speak English. Mm. And we have several other candidates that one of them would speak English, the mate would not. And so they said, do you guys want to? (laughs) So it was like an opportunity (laughs) handed to you, really. It was. So when people ask me how God orchestrated everything, I need to say, I, I was not always the first pick, the first option. Today, I, I really, that doesn't bother me because I really took opportunities and it's steps of faith, yes. you know? Yeah. So we go to Restoring the Foundation, spend six months being trained um, under the wings of Chester and Betsy Kilstra. Back Wonderful. then, they were the trainers, yes. right? 2007. Yeah, And uh, the first couple we were ministering, we were four months married, and they were 44 years married. Wow. And they came in for ministry because they had marital issues. And that was the definitive experience of, okay, the Holy Spirit can't lead anything if I'm just allowing him to come through because those are the moments you're like okay i don't have anything here (laughs) no like what am i doing these guys have been married for so long and here we are four months in yeah and people that are listening and don't know restoring the foundations is a healing and deliverance Mm. biblical um uh that we you know find freedom and we help people to really um take out everything that is preventing them from experiencing deep and lasting, you know, a relationship with the Lord and with people. So there was I really in need of receiving, but I was placed in a training setting where I would teach other people. And this is what happened, Kate. I believe God knew that from the beginning, I would never have gone to receive ministry because in my heart, still working with performance, I'm like, I'm good. <laughs> you know, I, I'm good. I mean, God has done so much. Yeah. I don't need to go and try to check under every rock, you know. Yeah. So there was I ministering to people and their issues, their situations, they were struggling were mine. Mm. So I was confronted. Here is someone that wants help to live a deeper life with the Lord and meaning relationships. I never had a problem with with God. You know, I always loved God. I I knew um, uh, this relationship would grow, but my relationship with people was very hard, Kate. Mm. You know, I I always had a struggle to love people deeply, to understand different types of personalities, (laughs) you know, and 
I always prefer to do things alone. You know, when mm. you are in school and you have groups to do yes, your work, yes. I would always prefer doing my work alone. Interesting. So I would not have to go through all, all the drama of yes. relationships. <laughs> and I thought I was better because of that. Yeah. You know, I didn't need this. Hmm. And one, one example is I am before a woman. She has so many emotions. She's crying before the Lord. Marcelo, uh, you know, give me a nudge. Hey, can you comfort, comfort. her? And I am freezed. That level of emotions, I was not, I was not used to. Mm. I didn't know what to do with it. And after you have kids, you realize that's not okay. <laughs> no, they need you to comfort them. You know, I mean, I then I have a kid that is just so much like me, and when he would cry, I would freeze. Mm. I would not know how to comfort. I would not know how to nurture. Mm. I was I was struggling. It was a really situation where I had to see this is not this is not working because I have a husband that is so loving and understanding, you know, mm. and I got used to he knows we are, you know, we're good. He understands me. He 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 knows my shortcomings. Yeah. He, he's okay with that. Yeah. So Jackie, I mean, this is this is an interesting one because you know there's a huge assumption that as a woman that you would kind of know how to do this, <laughs> and um, is a huge generalization. But you know, I think you're touching on something that maybe some women who are listening would would struggle themselves. But I'd love to know how, how the Lord began to kind of break that down for you and help you engage in a, in a different way. Mm -hmm. So there is, like you said, the, a lot of guilt because I should know this, mm. you know, and I would see Marcelo teaching me some things I couldn't handle. He would step in, you know, and that was okay. But I knew there was more. Mm. It was really a hard time of going before the Lord and saying, I, I don't know how to do this. And this is what maternity did for me. I, I felt that I was good at so many things. Yeah. Anything you throw in my way, I will learn how to do it. I would know how to do it, yeah. or I know who to contact. Yeah. I am a doer. So I come to maternity. Ben is now eight in this journey. And I'm on my knees, Kate. I don't know how to do this. He cries nonstop. I I have no basis for it. I I just don't know. And I remember I was studying when I got pregnant. And one of the studies I had to do is to go to a park and check how moms are relating to their babies. Okay? Wow. That was not an easy task. Because I realized that when I was with my baby, I was not connecting. I was just, oh, do you need diaper change? I'm good at this. Yeah. Do you need food? I'm, I know everything. Mm. Oh, do you need comfort? <laughs> I don't know how to do this. So it was a lot of triggering moments, good ones, where I had to mm. come before the Lord and say, I need your love deeper. And I had a vision. The Lord gave me a vision, Kate. I saw a table where, uh, now years later, 
uh, a table where was a bank banquet, and there was people on the floor eating from the cramps. There were people seated uh, very nicely, be- very polite at the table, and I saw people eating like as a mess, trying to put everything on their mouth. And every time God showed me this kind of thing, I know he's trying, okay, where am I? And then I asked God, where am I? Very scared, like, I hope I'm not on the floor. But I also, I hope I'm still not all proper, just performing or desperate, you know? And then I saw the father at the head of the table, and I was a kid in his lap, and he was feeding me. Hmm. And that was very comforting because yeah. I knew at that moment, yes, I am receiving from you everything I lack, yeah. you are giving to me. But it didn't end there. The next part is I see him breastfeeding me. Wow. And he's saying, I am everything you lack. And here, I'm not just saying how my parents didn't do a good job. There are some things in, in us that block us from receiving too, mm. right? Yeah. And I think that was my case. I had a lot of blockages because of hurts to receive. So every time they try to, there was not a basket, you know, yeah. to receive that. Mm-hmm. It was just a wall that I built. Yeah. So uh, it started there and then with so many other people. So, but But that image the Lord gave me was assurance that I started to walk this walk saying, God, I I need you. I need you to teach me daily. Yeah. And this is a place that I don't like to be, you know, like not knowing because of control. Yeah. So everything God was doing now was going deeper into my control. Yeah. How I want things to be or how failing, miserable mm-hmm. <laughs> in mm-hmm. motherhood was killing me. There was a lot of uh, situations. And because I knew how disconnect from pain, I would just pretend was not there. And just bury it. Yes. Mm -hmm. Expecting for the next episode where I would be triggered again and realize this is not working. Yeah. So I'll tell you, it was not an easy path of learning from the Lord. And then... I learned from people. And this is how God brought us in 2016 here. We were very busy. We got trained 2007, got back to Brazil, did a lot of ministry. Hmm. We would minister, we were ministering four people a day in thorough format. And this was the Restoring the Foundations yes. ministry that we speak really highly of. Duncan and I, it's, it's changed our marriage. <laughs> and many other people around the world. And we're forever grateful to that ministry. So you went back, hit the performance button again. Yes. See, that was the norm. Mm -hmm. That was what I knew how it it, is like a a river. Yeah. You know, it's a river where you know how to sail well. So every time you feel lost, because I mean, rest, it was a a losing point, Mm -hmm. you know, or... Being uh, understanding all of that was was hard. So I would always jump in this river where I knew. And here's the thing. People applaud you. Mm. People like it. I mean, you give results, (laughs) you know? It doesn't matter. In church, you are part of everything. And coming from my culture, 
uh, a Brazilian culture. I mean, we have a lot of young pastors. I, yeah. I noticed that difference sometimes when I came to U.S. Mm. Uh, back in 2007. You know, people realize this is my calling. They will jump right in. They will not wait to have a family, get a job. Oh, you know, interesting. Yeah. they go directly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so performance is a big thing that happens. And you are applauded. I mean, you bring results. But actually, you die in the process, right? Yeah. Because it's a burnout. Yes. You cannot perform at your highest level every day no. for this no. many years. No. You know, it gets to a point where you're just done. It's too fast, too fast yes. pace and too much expectation. So how did the <laughs> Lord bring you back to the U.S.? Tell us that, that journey and what did he call you to do? So um, we started to... we. We came for a conference for Restoring the Foundations 2015, and everyone there was saying how God is restoring their relationships with their kids. So Restoring the Foundations ministers, they are normally older. Now we have younger people, but especially in thorough format is a, the healing week. You know, we have older people, and they were saying, wow, now God is restoring my relationship with my kids. And they would look at me and Marcel, why we had a three-year-old back home. You know, <laughs> I was struggling with motherhood. And they would say, I'm so glad you have this revelation when they are young, ah, right? Yeah. And, and in me, I knew that because I was getting healed in my in my life and Marcelo in our marriage in so many areas, but that area was still mm. so wounded and and soft and not totally completely healed yet. I remember by we got back to Brazil, we went back to Brazil and I said, Marcelo, God is speaking something to us. I'm not happy that we are just Ben was in school, he was three years old from eight AM to six PM while mm. we were working. Yeah. a job, and doing ministry during the weekend. So he was with grandmas. And I mean, that also served me well, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Other people. you didn't have to deal with the yes. issue that was under your nose. Yes. Oh. So then an opportunity opened and we called um, the directors of Restoring the Foundations. Do you need help? We really feel we should be helping you. They said, do you want to come here? I said, we, we said we could stay here. Any help you need? They said, you know, we really need. So we ended up 2016, March, being here with Ben, me and Marcelo helping RTF in the office. And that was a season that until Sarah came, um, three years, almost three years, two years later, um, where God started, he hide, you know, he, he has us hidden. Mm. We were in a church where we were just visiting, we're not doing anything, and just working for RTF in the office, not ministering. So finally, after so many years, we had weeknights off and weekends off. Yeah. And Ben here, he was able to be in a school where preschool just half of the time. Mm. So I had to see that. And I don't have family to ask for help. Yeah. I don't have anyone that is my age in our community that is just like, oh, yes, I'll have him over for a day or yeah. something. Mm -mm. Was at or in my face. Oh, and yeah. that was so good. You know, that was so good. Because I was in a place with so many ministers and a healing place where I was able to actually receive and, and, and 
and get walk healed. it out. Walk, walk it, it out. out. Yeah, that's so good, Jackie. Mm. Um, I mean, you've touched on a very large area and one that, you know, many of us would carry quite a bit of shame about that yeah. we, we don't know how to be a mother. Um, but what a blessing how and what a setup for you <laughs> that the Holy Spirit allowed you to recognize I have to change something mm. in order for the Father to begin to train me and teach me in an area. But I'd love to touch a little bit more on you ministering as a woman. You know, my perception of Brazilian women is that they're strong, they're capable, they're anointed. You know, there's a lot of things that the Holy Spirit's doing in the church in Brazil that, you know, many ways I'd love to see a little bit more of that in the U.S. And, you know, younger, younger faces and all that multi-generational yeah. church, really, where people are empowered. But I know women are empowered in Brazil. You know, sometimes being a woman leader, you have to pay a price. Mm -hmm. There is, you know, a a price that you often have to pay, to pay. But what were the things that you encountered being a, a leader, a Brazilian woman? And how has the Lord kind of just shaped and, and pointed, you know, you in a certain direction in that way? Yeah. Well, um, I, I love that. You know, there's a lot of strong women in Brazil, but a lot of pain too. You know, a lot, of, a lot of this strong um, also comes with a price, like you said, mm. you know, where we had to be strong or we had to protect ourselves. And you see that a lot in third world countries mm. or you have a lot of victimized. You have it's kind of divided. You have right. a lot of victimized women that can get out of the floor. They are dealing with yeah. so much yeah. shame and unworthiness. And there are the ones that made this to be their stepstone to mm -hmm. say, this is not going to stop me. I'm going to prove to the world yeah. that I can do it. And I find myself doing that for so long. Um, and then the Holy Spirit come. It's not to take that power away, you know, mm -hmm. but it's that power is coming from um, a source that will crumble sometimes, like I said. Yeah. Then sickness come, right? Then despair. You feel alone now. You don't have other people. And I see that over and over. Today I have the opportunity to mentor and to disciple and to walk uh, alongside women in ministry mm. and people that love the Lord, want to serve Him, and teaching them how to, okay, you use this as a stepstone I'm not saying God is going to take this away and you're going to be weak. I'm saying yeah. we're going to change this for what is lasting, eternal. Mm -hmm. You know, his approval, his love, his calling. Yeah. And then you can just go and do what you have to do. So I think that's what the Lord, uh, my life has been that journey. Yeah. So I can help other women. And, and I see that movement now coming to Brazil. And... I have I have been hearing a lot of well-known speakers in our country coming to the understanding of the love of the Father mm. and dependency of the Holy Spirit yeah. and healing and deliverance. 
And I'm super excited. Yeah, that's interesting, it, isn't it? Because, yeah. you know, so often if we don't realize that our motivations have been driven out of pain and hurts yeah. and a determination to prove people wrong that have spoken over our lives, maybe um, we don't realize that we are driven. Mm-hmm. Um, but changing that paradigm and, you know, allowing healing to come will propel us to places that we don't even have to try for. It's like the favor of God rests upon you and the gift of God makes room for you when the motivation of your heart has changed and you don't want it as badly as you wanted it when you were in pain. Mm. Are you seeing that as well? Yes, yes, completely. And when we realize that change is taking place, you soar, you know, because I mean, every time you do something based on the motiv- motivation of of the hurt is heavy, is hard, and you have to kill many giants on the way by yourself. And this is the problem. Then you raise a banner of saying to other women, if I was able to do it, you can too, you need to be strong, stop to cry and just go and fight. But actually, the banner I'm raising up is when you know who you are in Christ, it's like you said, the favor of God, you can rest, he opens the door, the trust is deep. Yeah, It can be in your, you know, with your kids, in your finances, it can be in you know, in the ministry or in the marketplace, all the areas of our li- your life is going deeper so you can see fruits. This is the thing too. Mm, what mm. kind of fruits, you know, I will give um, when I am with the correct motivation. And I can see that, you know, happening yeah. a lot. Yeah, that's so good. And, you know, so often we feel... That as women, we have to fight for a place, fight for a voice, and even be quite competitive with one another. How, how did you personally walk through some of those kind of challenges? I think when our hearts are um, hurt, that is just consequence. We will fight each other. We will try to do better. We cannot see the success and feel happy for each other. But when we allow the healing to come, it means all the areas where my value is based on my performance or how well I'm doing, you know, and the orphan heart, Mm -hmm. I like to describe, and this is so many people say, that's exactly how I feel. It's like this pie of love. If someone gets a piece, I feel it's missing. My piece is missing, you know, so I need to fight for it. Mm -hmm. And when I realize that it's endless and there is space for everyone, and I think the healing of the heart allow you to say, you know what, I want you to to succeed as much as you can because I am unique. What I have to do... I am the only one that can do it. And what you have to do, that's only you. So I think when we don't know who we are in the Lord, it makes us 
in that drive of competition and having a hard time to work together. Mm. So when the healing comes and our place is secure in him, everything changes, Kate. And I can see in my walk that changing so much so that today I can actually empower other women and say, you know what? You are so unique. You know, it doesn't matter. You are talking about the same subject. And we see that a lot on social media today. You want to learn something, you go to social platforms, and then you see the same subject being taught by so many different people. And some people we are more attracted to the way they talk or their personalities yeah. than others. So there's just so much space for all of us to share and to um, just be how God created us to be. Oh, that's, that's so awesome. And talking about social platforms, you actually do a lot of ministry to women on social platforms. Can you tell us a little bit about what, what that entails and yes. how the Lord's kind of shaped a space for you, Jackie, as well. I know. So um, in 2019, um, I finished my job with Restoring the Foundations in the office because I realized God wanted to do something with the social platform mm. and trying to reach Brazilians uh, through mentoring and healing. And it is being amazing what God is doing. Because now, uh, restoring the foundations, you know, we are, Marcel and I, we're ministering people online. Uh, people have access to that. He, even here in the U.S., we minister people online, you know, more than sometimes on site. And doing this work with Brazil, um, it's an opportunity where I'm helping women to walk out their healing and knowing who they are you know, conquer everything the Lord has for them through walking, healing, and deliverance, really dealing with the heart issues, mm -hmm. you know, going through the roots. And we meet every week, you know, we go through, there is a limit of people. So I have, normally my groups are 10 women, and it's been amazing the transformations mm -hmm. that are happening. And I'm I'm excited with what God is doing and realizing that he's opened up. And, and that's what I'm saying. Today, there is a platform open for all of us to share. <laughs> so true, isn't it? It's like we're all called to preach the gospel in different ways and different means. But you're right that the platform is open, and which is partly why we have this podcast, because people tune in to different things at different times. And you'd be surprised how many divine appointments come where people were saying, oh yeah, I tuned into this online and it led to this and it led oh, to God. this freedom in my life or it led to this connection. I mean, yeah. we hear it all the time. Mm -hmm. So you are so right about um, people using what God's put within them and you as a woman, like seeing an open door to minister to um, primarily Brazilian women. Yeah. But I'm hoping, Jackie, that, you know, the Lord opens that up so that you begin to take some of the English speaking nations too. Well, uh, there is a goal that we would start a mentoring program for women uh, here in the U.S. Oh, come on. And it's English speaking. 
So I think it's going to start July. We're doing a group, also just 10 women, so we would meet weekly and going through some of the heart, you know, and uh, identity and really taking the shame out, you know, allowing God to come and reveal his truth yeah. about us so we can walk in freedom in yeah. our marriages, yeah. you know, in in everything that God is placing in our hands. Yeah. And we're called to make disciples. Mm -hmm. And, you know, this year has taught us that we've not been able to get together in person. People are not necessarily comfortable to be discipled one-on-one, -on -one, but the barriers for being discipled are being broken down now mm -hmm. because you can sit in front of your computer and be discipled and then in that process of being transformed and discipled, you can then go deeper into a relationship, yeah. um, for instance, with yourself, for those that have been watching online. And I think it, it's amazing that, you know, we can start somewhere and reach people and take them on a journey into freedom. And it could be that the discipleship online is the beginning of their the rest of their life of walking into their freedom and their purpose. Definitely. Especially when people, uh, like you said, sometimes there are some barriers to the local church or yeah. things they are going through yes. that they need someone to talk, someone that would engage with them. And, and now after the program, they are actually free to make the right decisions, to leave so the hurt yes. behind and go um you know and, and actually connect in person yes. and and i think as well you know people have got so much information but they're more lonely they're more mm -hmm. isolated and they actually don't have that connection that you were talking about jackie you know this this is incredible what you've been sharing today and you've you've touched on several issues and i know i would love for you to pray and minister to mm. to our listeners particularly in the area of, you know, not feeling that you were an adequate mother, a nurturer. And, you know, for, for some who are listening, that even if they're men and they felt that same blockage that they've not really been able to fully mm. be comfortable with love for themselves, but also to be able to nurture their family or even their spouse, other relationships, because, you know, these mm -hmm. things affect all of it, don't they? Yeah. And I know my own journey that I had put so many walls around my heart that I didn't really like to let people in and it took time to trust. That's a big area. Yeah. And then for women that are just walking through this journey of trying to understand who they are and who God's called them to be. Yeah. I'd love for you to minister Definitely. into those areas Thank today. Thank you. Such a blessing. Yeah. So I'll pray. And Lord, I thank you. I thank you for every listener. I thank you for the opportunity you gave me to share my heart, my story, to bless other women, other people. And God, I just, I just place each one of them in your hands right now. And Lord, whatever they are, I invite you to just come come right now where they are, that they can see you, feel you, that they can realize they are not alone in this journey. I thank you, Father, because in the worst moments of loneliness or uh, 
feeling as a failing, uh, like I was failing God, I know you were there with me. And I pray that they would feel that right now. And I pray, God, that you would touch the areas of their hearts where they need to let open. Areas and doors and hiding places where they uh, for so long decided not to touch, not to look, pretend it is okay. God, I thank you because you asked us to open the door so you would come. And that's our job. That's our challenge. And I invite you to just open that door. If you could just see that door right now in front of you, if you could just open and say, Lord, I invite you in. I need you here. I receive you. I want to be taught and learn from you how to receive love, how to give love, how to know who I am in you. And I see the Lord just writing on a board. You know, he's writing your identity, your calling. He's revealing to you as you listen and you open up to him. And Lord, I just thank you. <laughs> Because you are always present and you are always ready, God, to come in, to put light in the darkness, to show us exactly what are the lies we are believing, who are the people we need to forgive, what are the situations that we are um, hindering and the situations we are holding on, God so we may release it to you. All the judgments, all the ungodly beliefs and uh, that we hold in our hearts. God, I ask that you would come and expose them for our own good. And God, I pray, I pray that you would put people around this, women and men, that would help them to walk in their journeys. God, that the next, next time they go online or the next time they go to a meeting or they talk to people, that you would put in front of them resources that they would find, God, really help in the area they need more from you. And I thank yeah. you, God, because you are equipping, equipping people to help others. All the areas where we failed, all the areas where we didn't know what to do, God, you <laughs> are making us to um, have victory in those, those areas so we can mm. help other people so and to bring them into the love and understanding of who you are, God. I thank you, Lord, for each one of them. And all for, for I also pray for the women that uh, know their calling. They may be struggling with areas in their lives where they feel they are not validated or they feel they have to fight their way in. God, I pray that rest would come, mm -hmm. that they would hold your hand and allow you and I really feel there are some of us that never allowed anyone to just hold our hands and to take the first step. We always did the first step. We learned how to do it, and we just did it. And the Lord is inviting you, can I take the mm -hmm. first step? And you just walk with me. I'm going to show you. I'm going to teach you. I'm going to be with you. I'm not going to hurt you. I'm not going to uh, leave you. I am here. And this is a new day, an opportunity where today we can decide, Lord, 
I'm walking with you in this area of my life, this area that I was walking alone or this area that I not even thought you were interested in, but I release it to you and I say, yes, I want to walk with you. I hold your hand and I'm excited for what's coming. So Lord, I thank you. I thank you for Kate, this podcast, for all the waves that will come into people's hearts and the work of your Holy Spirit through it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Wow. Thank you so much, Jackie. And, you know, for our listeners, take hold of this because there's some really important keys. And, you know, our lives are the trophies of his grace. Yeah. The areas that we've struggled, the areas that we've overcome, like you say, they're the areas that God wants to flow in our lives and they're the areas that we actually gain authority yeah. in the spirit. <laughs> and so, you know, take take hope and take courage today. Um, those of you that are walking through stuff because God has a plan for this to be a trophy of his grace in your life. And we're nothing without him, which, you know, we all know and we understand in different ways. Jackie, you know, I just love the mentoring process. And I was just wondering that there may be some women who have been listening that would love to connect in with you and even with a view to um, actually starting something online for themselves, mm -hmm. for other women, because, you know, um, we want to activate the gifts that people yeah. have. And, and so often we feel like we don't have much to give, but yes. I, I just feel that you could really facilitate some women taking mm. a first step. How can they get hold of you for the group? How could they get hold of you on social media? And even for you and Marcelo to even help them, like you're helping so many people in our community here at Catch the Fire, just to walk through that freedom for, for their lives as well. Sure. Well, a good email to reach us is rtf or c-o-r-s-i, that's our last name, at gmail.com. And they can go online on Instagram. We have rtfministers.rc. Also, it's where they can find us. And I guess that's it. Yeah. Well, Jackie, I love that you're reaching a younger generation, bringing healing. And um, thanks again. And thanks to all Thank our you. listeners for tuning in today. May God bless each of you in your journey with him. Amen.